Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Hi, welcome everybody. This is the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still smiling. I'm still smiling. smiling. It's, it's great. This has been great. I've been having fantastic feedback from everybody, mm. uh, enjoying the, these uh, episodes, and they're getting fantastic information, of course. And uh, people have been sending myself, uh, you know, personal emails and Facebook messages saying how great they are. I'm sure, you know, Brett and Damien are also getting the same. So, what I encourage you to do, though, is to write the comments below wherever you're hearing this video audio, um, whether it be on the website. Please leave a comment because I would, we love to have some feedbacks uh, from you guys and want to hear what you're thinking and uh, also you know some ideas for future episodes too i think that'd be great and if you're listening to itunes you know give us a rating give us uh give us a comment so that uh you know we can uh see how we're doing we can because we're always constantly evolving aren't we guys yeah yeah absolutely and look if there's any ratings that are below five just don't worry about it but, um, you know. <laughs> just send, send it to us personally <laughs> we want we want honesty honesty is the only way but uh five's good thanks yeah. um <laughs> well, listen. What we decided to do is uh, one of the one of the comments that I got um, uh, that from personally that uh, they wanted to know from you know from the audience is that they wanted to know. And we're going to make this a great episode because it's going to be want to know the need. Is there a need for vitamins and minerals? Mm. What do you think, guys? Yes. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Oh, so we got ooh, some controversy. Ooh. We talked about this. So ooh. let's start off with um, with Brett and uh, Brett. Why don't you tell us you know whether you use vitamins or, uh, or supplements at all? I actually, at the moment, don't use any vitamins or supplements at all. Um, I am really particular about my lifestyle um, and my diet and making sure I'm getting absolutely everything I possibly can out of my diet. Um, I think there's an argument to be had there as to whether I'm getting everything out of my diet. And I think Damien's probably shortly. Um, but I have a real philosophy around trying to get the absolute best I can out of my diet, trying to get everything I can from the food um, because I think one of the issues I have is that sometimes people use supplements um, as a replacement rather than a supplement where they, they don't quite eat the right food, they're not really getting the right stuff um, sure. and so perhaps they're not getting the full benefit that they could be getting from their food and, and they're actually often not getting the full benefit from the supplements uh, because they're not eating the right diet as well. So. Um, let's uh, let's hear from you, Damo. Well, that's that's a pretty fair point. You know, I get that. I understand that point. I understand that. You know, if you're not eating good food, if you don't have the things to carry the messengers around. So, you know, when we often I often talk about intelligence in food. So, if you're eating food that's full of intelligence, and maybe we'll, we'll touch on that again tonight, um, then there's no point having the information, which is the vitamin. So, if you don't have the intelligence to take the the information around. It's pointless. So I agree with you, Brett, that that you wouldn't have uh, vitamins without proper food. And so I, I think that we do need to have proper food. The, the, one of the, the the things that can be quite difficult for people, though, is that they may not be getting access to adequate amounts of proper food. Um, they may not be getting access to organic produce. Um, many people don't live a life in the country, so they're you know they're in constant contact with fluorescent lighting. They have air conditioned uh, workplaces, houses. They live in 
um, in houses where there's a whole lot of uh, different types of of chemicals in the carpet or um, anti-staining agents in the carpet or on their couches. Uh, they might be having lots of processed ingredients like cereals and breads and pastas and all those sorts of things. And so, which I, I think we should talk tonight about anti-nutrients because that also plays a role. But uh, I think that um, for the most part, many people actually don't get the right sort of food. So in other words, they don't have intelligent enough food to be able to, uh, I suppose, carry the, the nutrients or, or to get enough nutrients in their body. So I think there's a bit of a trade-off there, mate. I think that you need great food, but I think that we need a bit of a top-up as well. And I'll talk a bit more about vitamin D and I'll talk about vitamin C and I'll talk about those sorts of things because um, it becomes very, very relevant when you work out that many things are heat-sensitive heat, uh, or they're light and air-sensitive um, or they can only be manufactured by the body in certain conditions. And I think that if we are aware of that, then we can uh, use... Um, current modern day science and apply that to nature and and get an even better result. That's my feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I reckon you're probably right there, Damo, that there are some things that because of the change in our environment and the change in the world around us um, in terms of our lifestyle but also in terms of the way the food is being prepared, that there may be some stuff that we're not getting 100% there. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting discussions to have around that, though, is that with that modern science we're talking about is, well, what are we actually measuring when we do this modern science? Because I think sometimes we come up with some pretty extraordinary answers in the modern science, and I'm not sure that we're always getting the right answers. Okay. Um, and I think one of the things we're often doing is, um, A, we're not measuring perhaps the right food. So, so perhaps the food that we're measuring um, is perhaps of the right quality. Um, where, you know, perhaps, for instance, if we're measuring meats, you know, are we measuring really good quality organic grass-fed meats or are we just, you know, getting the average slab of meat from the, from the you know, supermarket down the road? You know, if we're measuring the benefits of apples, is it a really good quality fresh organic apple or is it actually one that's been kept in cold storage for six months before it's actually hit the shelves? Um, and then secondly, with the... Um, with the, what the body requires, are we actually measuring health, what a healthy body requires or are we taking you know, sort of the average person out there who may perhaps not be that healthy to try and calculate how much the body actually requires? In other words, you know, it may be different for different people and if your body is absorbing those nutrients better and utilising those nutrients better, well, then maybe you actually don't need the quantity that perhaps is being suggested that we do need. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I certainly don't dispute that at all. I think that uh, that's all very valid. And, uh, you know, when I mention um, the utilization of science and applying that to nature, um, my, my immediate uh, reasoning behind that is that fortunately we have the ability to, um, to extract from nature certain chemicals um, and then we can mimic them or copy them um, or synthesize them uh, to be very highly bioavailable for the human body to be able to be utilized um, to top us up for things that perhaps we might not be getting access to uh, in our normal diet. And so I like to see supplementation as a top up. Now, it's interesting because, you know, when we, when we talk about that, there's some things like, for example, um, supplementation of vitamin D that um, people, many, many people over the last, well, let's say 20 or 30 years have not known much about. And it's, it's come to light in, say, the last four or five years that vitamin D is one of the essential nutrients to prevent um, melanoma, for example. Yeah, and, and in absolutely. fact, another 13 different cancers, including colon cancer, cervical cancer, and breast cancer. And so it's, it's, 
it appears to be that vitamin D might be one of those missing nutrients. And if you consider where we get most of our vitamin D from, it's not from our diet. It's actually yeah. from the sunlight. Absolutely. Now, the environment's actually changed quite a lot recently, you know, in, in the last 100 years. We know that um, the ozone layer has become thinner in some parts. And so subsequently, we tend to burn faster and so we spend less time in the sun. Um, many of us have lived through uh, eras where it's been promoted that we use a slip slop slap type program and so subsequently we're blocking uvb light or radiation on our skin in the most crucial hours of the day so from 10 until 2 we're not getting uvb radiation on our skin which is in fact what helps us manufacture vitamin d and so consequently subsequently we're now finding that many people are developing cancers that would otherwise be prevented if there was enough vitamin D manufacture in the body. Now, many people are scared of the sun, many people burn in the sun, and many people don't go in the sun at the right time of the day or they don't expose enough skin to the sun at the right time of the day. And it's also been shown that people who live north or south of the 32nd parallel, anyone who lives north or south of the 32nd parallel, so in the northern hemisphere above the 32nd parallel and in the southern hemisphere below the 32nd parallel, um, not in the area in between, Anyone who lives at those ends, through the winter, they produce absolutely zero vitamin D from the sun. It's not possible because of the angles of the sun and the refraction of vitamin of UVB light, um, we can't interact and, and make vitamin D under our skin. So it does appear that we may need to have some vitamin D in our diet. Now, unless we get any access to non-farmed fed deep sea fish, so cold water fish like mm-hmm. cod or fresh um, wild salmon, um, halibut uh, or mackerel and all fresh and we're eating fish every single day, we're still not going to get anywhere near one-tenth the amount of vitamin D that we might need to prevent some of these tumours or to take us out of what will be called an insufficiency. So, Brett, I know that you live below the 32nd parallel i was i was actually just about to ask that time because i actually didn't know whether i live below the 32nd parallel or not <laughs> you do and so does lawrence actually it's uh, anybody below the line of sydney uh pretty much it was actually below the line of newcastle actually lives below the se- the 32nd parallel and uh and, and so in the winter we have absolutely no chance of producing enough vitamin D, even though uh, in, in the, west, the west of Australia it's been in, in drought and they've had nonstop sunshine. And for the last 10 years in Victoria or in the, on the east coast, we've been in drought and we've had nonstop sunshine. We still wouldn't have actually manufactured enough vitamin D. And now we're seeing a rise in rickets. Uh, children are now coming with bone deformities. Uh, we're seeing osteomalacia at rates that we just... You know, it's it just out of control. So people are losing bone mass and bone minerals. Uh, we're also seeing uh, situations where people aren't, uh, they don't have strong enough immune systems uh, to counter some of the more significant and chronic diseases that would be present as a result of vitamin D deficiency. So I do think that there's a, a, a need for the utilization of single vitamins, for example, vitamin D. Uh, and, and I think it's really hard to get access to enough vitamin D. And it's one of those things that I think we've just got to swallow and we've just got to do it and, and take it. And so just a quick thing for most people is that vitamin D comes in, is it liquid form? And it I know there's, it comes in liquid form. But, and, yeah. yeah, okay. But it, it's estimated that we need around about 2,000 international units per day. The recommended daily intake, the, rec- the RDA set by... I'm not sure, it might be the government or the you know Nutrition Australia or whoever. The RDA is only 600 international units a day, but it's it's the the actual adult amount 
recommendation should be around about 2,000 international units. And, and if you're in deficiency, you need to be doing about 6,000 international units per day just to get yourself out of deficiency. And it could take you anywhere from three to six months to achieve that. So it's, uh, it's, it's now recommended that people use vitamin D you know, as part of their healthy diet. And you know, maybe as part of supplementation or, or nutrient talk or speak, we should be talking about ensuring that you're getting intelligent food so that you can transport the messengers around. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, I mean, you know, we're talking, we've got a contrast of people who are listening to this, right? Some people who read, you know, really good healthy diets, some people who would sort of eat, you know, some good, some bad, some people who have terrible diets. So is just by eating great food all the time, is that good enough? Uh, and what would that, what do you guys think in terms of what's a good enough diet, like in terms of food? Well, Bretto, why don't I mean? Because Brett, you don't use any supplementation at all. So, mate, yep. why don't you tell us what you eat on a daily basis? And yep. you know, and I'll just, from my clinical understanding and just yep. my understanding, I'll have a bit of a you know an inside look at that and say, mate, well, perhaps you're not getting enough of these vitamins. What's going yep. on? You know, why don't we have a bit of a chat about that, and then we'll compare diets and see what we're doing. Absolutely. All right. So, so my diet is really based around um, what they call the paleo diet. Right? So it, it's basically like what you would eat if you were a caveman. So it's kind of getting back to, you know, away from all of the processed food, away from all of the, um, you know, a lot of the food we see in the supermarket, back to the real basics. So uh, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, healthy meats and water. So, uh, so I eat a lot of organic free-range grass-fed meats, um, including um, fish, obviously not grass-fed, but, you know, uh, <laughs> organic, healthy fish. Um, I eat lots of nuts and seeds, um, and, and those would be sort of raw nuts and seeds. Um, I eat lots of fruits and vegetables, um, and they are either really lightly steamed um, or often raw. Um, I often snack during the day on raw fruits and vegetables um, and, and just drink lots and lots of water. Um, so so that, really, that really forms my basic diet. Um, now, can I just so ask, Brett, the, um, um, your nuts yeah. and your seeds, the, you know, the nuts and yeah. the seeds that you get, uh, I mean, yeah. how fresh are they? Well, that's a good question, Damo. I mean, we're lucky in Adelaide. We have the, uh, the central markets here. Yep. Um, so they tend to have pretty fresh produce. And are they Australian uh, grown or do they come from China or are they coming from Argentina or Afghanistan or wh- where are your yep. nuts coming from? Yeah. Well, once again, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, don't, think, um, I don't think we ever really know. I don't think they're labelled yeah. adequately – to be able to be certain about that, um, I like to think a lot of them are, are you know, sort of locally grown, yeah. um, but there's not a, you know, there's not a high degree of certainty around that. I don't think. Um, so that would be perhaps an interesting thing for me to head into my nut store and ask. I yeah. Well, one of the things that I do know, mate, and obviously having built cereals um, for a living for a little bit of time, um, what I do know is that Australia doesn't grow much uh, in that way. Yeah. And most of what we do get. Um, if it's reasonably priced, um, regardless of whether it's organic or not, uh, most of it comes from China or uh, Bolivia or um, um, it's just escaped my head. But, you know... Overseas. um, Yeah, but but certainly overseas. And so, um, you know, it, it seems that some of these countries where the nuts do come from, they may in fact have... Um, better nutrient distribution in their soils than what we do here have in Australia, you know, for, or even yeah. in, in New Zealand, for example, where we don't have any iodine or selenium in our soils. Um, there's iodine and, so, and selenium in Chinese soils, for example, and and so we might get a, a more highly nutritious 
um, not from those places. However, however, and this is my big but, uh, we may not be getting the freshest possible produce because it, it, it's picked, it's, uh, it's prepared, it's stored and harvested, prepared for export, it's then allowed into the country, it's then sprayed because all nuts that come into the country must be sprayed or heat radiated. That's, that has to happen in Australia. That's part of um, bringing any kind of nut into Australia. So all of the nuts that you think are raw that have been imported into Australia are actually being cooked and yeah. uh, to some extent. And uh, and then, of course, they get repacked into another uh, bag by a manufacturer here in Australia, then put on the shelf uh, for you to then go and purchase. So if you understand that process, you can go, oh, my gosh, like it, uh, there's a few processes that are going to take place um, just yeah. to protect Australia from um, bugs that might come in the nuts um, or, from, you know, pests and diseases that would come in the nuts. So, uh, you know, it's, you have to question a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as your average consumer who heads into the markets thinking you're sort of getting, you know, the fresh food markets, getting stuff that's fresh produce, um, you do often make that assumption that it is, you know, that it hasn't gone through that exhaustive a process, which is really interesting. Now, that's just nuts and seeds. Um, That doesn't take into consideration any cereal or grain that comes into the country. And I can tell you that uh, in Australia, it's fortunate that, uh, you know, any brown rice uh, that we get in Australia... um, Well, actually, I should now because that's now just changed too. But brown rice in Australia or any rice product in Australia has to have been – it has to be Australian. But any imported rice – any imported rice product has to have been heat-treated or irradiated uh, before coming into Australia. So it's – that's – that's something that we need to be mindful of too. But about 90% of the rice products in Australia um, are actually Australian grown, which in other words, they're, they're absolutely pure, which is great. Well, so is that one of the reasons why you're sort of, you know, the argument is, is that, you know, because of that, all the regulations and because of all the processing, even though we don't see it and even though they don't label it, that comes from international food that comes to our country, um, we are deprived of some of the vitamins, the essential vitamins and minerals that, you know, we think they're in there, but obviously they have because because of heat treatments and because of various things that are happening and process, processing um, these foods are taken away. And this is one of the reasons why you are suggesting or recommending that we supplement some of those essential vitamins and minerals. Th- that's my reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, look, there's certainly supplements around that actually uh, package up fruits and vegetables into a capsule, and. Um, and I've asked the companies that uh, manufacture these these capsules that actually put the fruits and vegetables into the capsule, are you using organic produce? And the answer is no. So you're actually getting um, non-organic fruits and vegetables uh, put into a capsule, which is, you know, I suppose, the equivalent of having, um, I think it's 7 to 11 servers of fruits and vegetables every single day, which is great from a nutrient point of view. But it, again, what you're getting is just the information, not the intelligence. And I think that's, uh, you know, have, I know we haven't spoken about that tonight or at all, have we, on our calls yet, have we? Intelligence versus information? No, I don't think so. So uh, You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but only very briefly. Yeah. What if I just quickly yeah. touch on that just quickly now? Because I think that's relevant in terms of how we get access to our nutrients. And then, Brett, what we might do is come back to maybe just understanding where maybe you might not be getting enough of what you need. You might. It sounds like you're getting your macronutrients, but you yep. might not be getting your micronutrients. And I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's important. So in every living thing, you know, and with our philosophy, guys, uh, we understand that in every living thing there exists – 
a intelligence, an intelligence that holds its form in in place and in matter and in space. And so essentially uh, a a living carrot has the ability to repair itself. A living human has the ability to repair itself. A tree or a rabbit or a horse or a cow or a bird, if it's injured or if it's struck or if it has, you know, anything go wrong with it, has the ability to heal itself provided it still has life in it. And in order to do that, it has to be intelligent because a non-intelligent thing has no ability to do that. So take, for example, a table. It has form, but it has no intelligence. It's held together because it's bound together, not because it's intelligently held together. So it's it's actually in a state of, I suppose, um, slow destruction. It breaks down over time, as does a rock, as does a mountain. It breaks down over time. It's not living, evolving, and growing and repairing. It, it doesn't do that. It's lost its life force. So the life force or the intelligence that exists in something that's living is what I call the transporter. And then the nutrients or the nutrition is what I call the information. And so the information or the nutrition, for example, what you might find in a multivitamin or a vitamin D supplement or vitamin C, you know, these sorts of things, that's the information that should actually be present in all living things. And so like what Brett says, you know, if you're eating a really good diet, a really healthy diet, you should have everything that you need in your food. And my argument is that if you're eating food that's not living or you're eating food that's been dead for a long time, then in fact you don't have all of the intelligence in that food to be able to deliver all the information around. And some things, for example, B vitamins, which you would find in the nuts and seeds um, or you would find in mushrooms, uh, are actually heat sensitive. And so the B vitamins themselves are destroyed by the process of cooking or heat treating or irradiating. So B vitamins can be one of those things that you just don't get enough of. You can manufacture your B vitamins if you have enough good bacteria in the gut. But if you've had just one dose of antibiotics in your life, you now don't have enough good bacteria in your out to be able to render yourself, uh, I suppose, strong in the immune system and 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 effective enough at uh, manufacturing B vitamins in your gut. So just one dose of antibiotics can actually blow all that out and it can take years to have that corrected. That means you've got to eat a lot of yogurt, which means that you might be eating... Um, you know, things that have been sitting in the fridge for two or three or four weeks. Um, and if you're not eating a, a yogurt that's been tub set, then you're not getting enough vitamins and minerals or uh, good bacteria anyway. So it gets quite complicated. Mm. Interesting. Mm. And Very I think intelligence is one of those things too as well. Is, you know, going the arguments of eating a, um, a bag of apple, apples versus a, a bag of chips. Yeah. And, um, you know, ability of someone who eating a bag of chips is very easy to, to continue to eat where you couldn't really eat a bag of apples. You know, because intelligently your body would just tell you to stop. And yeah. that's the difference between intelligent food versus non-intelligent foods. And, um, yeah, you, I think that's a great, great way of looking at the life form and the things that we should be eating. Um, I, I'm not sure we talked because I dropped out of this virtual <laughs> call there for a little while. So I'm not sure we covered this. But look, did we talk about anything about soils and farms um, and how that has been affected in terms of the way we're farming now? And do we have enough nutrients within our farming capabilities in terms of our soil to get the food and the minerals that we need talking about the micronutrients that you were talking about Look, no i don't um, think we have spoken about that yet okay. um, and that's that's a really interesting topic because obviously the farming practices we use now have really changed you know the way we prepare our food um is very different to what we would have done previously you know i spoke a bit before about sort of you know caveman times and and you know a caveman didn't prepare his food at all you know he didn't do any farming basically he just gathered what was around him um, whereas now we have, you know, really intensive farming practices um, that involve, um, 
you know, cultivating the soil and adding in uh, fertilizers and chemicals and sprays and um, you know a whole range of different things we do to to, to prepare that, that that obviously is creating different food to what we had way back then. I mean, one of the great examples is that um, you know the original carrots were purple. I don't know if people know that, but ca- carrots used to be purple, um, and, and they taste you, beautiful. Purple carrots, and, and you can still get them from places. They've, they've sort of brought they're bringing yeah, them back. Mm. Yeah, mm. and so. Um, yeah, so the, the carrots we eat, the food we eat now often actually doesn't even resemble the food that we would have traditionally eaten. So um, I'm sure you've got some information about that, Damo, about the, the different farming practices and how that's affecting, you know, more specifically the food that we eat. Yeah, look, I do. Uh, there was a report commissioned in, I think it was 1905 or it could have been 1915. I, I just, I'm not too sure, but I do remember seeing this and, uh, and I saw it, oh, it must be over 10 years ago now. But what they did say was that when they compared the nutrient content um, back then in 1919, uh, whatever it was, the very, very early 1900s, uh, when they compared the nutrient content of a what, what they called organic back then and uh, to a, a, a normally a normal grown uh, fruit or vegetable, what they, they noticed that the essential nutrient that that particular uh, fruit or vegetable was known for um, was significantly decreased. For example... Uh, the lycopene found in a tomato was some hundred times less in a in a tomato that was grown in normal farming practices with the same practices that we use today compared to an organically grown tomato that 's significant hundred times less. What they also found was the vitamin C content was sometimes up to forty times less on a, in a, on a, in an orange that was grown in, in normal uh, conditions and then stored picked and then stored in cold storage um, compared to an orange that was grown in organic conditions and then picked off the tree and then eaten immediately so we do know that uh, even back then in 1905 or 15 or 10 I, I, can't, I can't remember the date but the US did commission a study to find out whether or not there was a decrease in nutrient uh, viability in the soils and the farming practices and back then we knew that there was deficiencies so you know the, our current farming practices which haven't really changed for the better in the last 100 plus years um still uh, force us to be somewhat nutrient insufficient in our diet uh, because because you know old crops aren't turned back into the soil we're using um irrigation instead of you know we're not using the runoff from the snowy mountains for example uh we we, we sprout the the we germ the seed in our farming environment using superphosphates and uh that gets the the seed growing but it doesn't offer a whole lot of nutrition to the plant now the plant really only needs water and the phosphates and uh, carbon, which it gets from the environment, and sunlight to be able to grow. It doesn't require the minerals that we require, but it delivers the minerals that we require to live by taking it up from the soil. Um, but it gets less and less and less because the plant is removed from the soil and not turned back in. So, um, you know, we miss out is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think that's, you know, that's great insights there and, you know, I'm going to shift it a bit because we talked about this um, before, and I think it's very important that we, you know, uh, to to the audience. Uh, so we know that the soils are deficient in, in certain things. What about our lifestyle? I mean, our lifestyle at the moment is is this a different lifestyle than the lifestyle we used to live, you know, a hundred years ago, even definitely a thousand years ago. And how does that affect in terms of the types of food that we were eating and and 
and how should we, you know, as process differently? You know, we talked about seasonal eating and so how, you know, we used to hibernate and, you know, in the wintertime and, you know, go on the summer. But obviously we don't do that anymore in this type of uh, Western society. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the way our lifestyles have changed is really important. Um, and basically what it comes down to, or one of the things it comes down to for me is really looking at um, how well our bodies then are actually absorbing and utilizing these nutrients we are getting. Because um, what we're finding is that you know if you're not thinking positive thoughts, if you're not exercising well, if you're not um, you know eating the right foods, if you're not doing all of those other things right, then you're actually going to create a situation where your body either doesn't absorb the foods properly, um, and we spoke about that a little bit before when we spoke about the um, you know the gut and the importance of that healthy bacteria. So if you're not doing the right things to make sure you've got cultivating healthy bacteria in your gut, or you or you're doing things that are actually killing that healthy bacteria in your gut, yep. then you're just not going to absorb your food properly. Um, and in the same way, you're often not going to utilize that food properly. So even if you're getting the nutrients in, your body might not be in a healthy enough position to actually utilize that to, to create a healthy body. Um, so it's not just about what you're getting in and out. It's about what you're doing once you get it in and out, which is really important too. That um, is important. It is important. The other thing we spoke about in terms of changing lifestyles, you know, Damien spoke about the sunlight. You know, I mean... You know, I'm really lucky in that respect that I sort of have a bit more flexibility during the day where I can actually make sure I get out during the day and get my skin and get exposed and get sunlight. And as Damien said, I may not be getting enough because of that latitude that we're at. Um, but, but, you know, I can at least do that. Whereas for a lot of people, their job necessitates that they're in, you know, sometimes for every sunlight hour of the day, they're actually inside at their desk. Um, and so for those people, they're just not getting that sunlight at all. At all. Um, so, so that's a really big shift in our lifestyle as well. Yeah. Now, I used to joke about, you know, getting enough sunlight. I used to say, I'll oh, just take all your clothes off in the winter and stand in your window uh, naked at the sun between 10 and 2, you know, <laughs> and uh, make sure you're using the back window, not the front window. I used to joke about that all the time. But uh, what I since found out is that window panes will actually absorb the UVB radiation. Go on. Yeah. yeah. So UVB is what we need to use. So you actually have to get outside. Yep. Um, and it's, as I said, Brett, before, it's, it's definitely to do with the angles. But coming back to, you know, how we use our nutrients and what we actually do, some of the simple things that we do do on a daily basis that will knock out some of our good bacteria um, are things that, that you might think are relatively harmless, like dried fruit. You know, many people have dried fruit, and often that's dried with a compound called sulfur dioxide, and that is, um, that is what we used to use as antibiotics. Sulfur drugs, um, sulfur dioxide, is, is exactly what we used to use as an antibiotic, and it does kill off the bacteria in our gut. Hence the reason why many people mount a response to dried fruit. They might get diarrhea or bloating, passing wind. Um, some people get pain in their tummy. Um, if you're having lots of sulfur dioxide in your diet, you're not going to be. You won't have enough good bacteria in your gut. Um, the contraceptive pill. You know how many girls these days take the contra- contraceptive pill? It's phenomenal, and it's almost like oh, you've got a period. Well, you need the contraceptive pill. That's kind of the way it goes <laughs> these days. And you know, and as a result, um, that that does disrupt uh, disrupt the right amount of bacteria in the gut. Um, it also disrupts um, iron metabolism, B12, folic acid. It disrupts the ability of the body to uh, excrete and utilize hormones like estrogen, progesterone, appropriately. Um, it does disrupt um, normal ovulatory cycles and, and all of these things need some degree of intervention that food by itself just can't correct because 
people have been taken too far. And so I suppose, Brett, if you have a, a lifestyle that's you're born in the country, you, you're not vaccinated, you don't ever have a car, you exercise every single day, you slaughter your own animals, you drink pure um, aquifer water, you get sunlight for at least 20 minutes every single day and you don't cook your vegetables or your fruits, you only eat them raw and your meats are partially cooked. I think then, they, and you have access to fresh deep sea fish, which would mean you'd actually have to get onto a boat so you'd have mm-hmm. petrol, um, you would probably <laughs> then have the ability to live the pure lifestyle. But I think that most of us don't have that ability and so we do need to have some kind of supplementation to be able to top up what we might be destroying in our body and in our, in our, from our life lifestyle that's uh, those are really valid points there I, 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 there's one thing though i want to clarify though damien about dried fruit yeah could you expand a little bit about that because i think a lot of people will be going what, what do you mean i can't eat dry fruit is all dry fruit contained the software uh, or is it just certain types is it um, labeled is look it- certain types certain types in australia um, and certainly the fruits that are dried in australia um have the ability to be sun-dried and so we can have sun-dried fruits in australia um, and some fruits can be brought in from overseas um, without sulfur dioxide on them. However, they still must be heat treated and irradiated. They must have been passed through radiation in order to come into the country. So often what happens is you get a manufacturer who will get a dried fruit product from overseas. For example, about, I think it's close to 80% of the sultanas and raisins sold in Australia uh, come from overseas. Um, and almost all of them have been um, have been dried with uh, sulfur dioxide and preserved with sulfur dioxide, and, and albeit it might be a small amount. Um, but almost, I think it's almost all um, sultanas in Australia are dried with sulfur dioxide, and there's a small amount that are sun-dried sultanas, but you know, you've got to go to a health food store to get those, and they can be two or three times the price. Yeah. Um, or you can do it yourself, can't you, Damo? Yeah, absolutely. You can certainly do it yourself. And, and you could have your own dehydrator. That's, that's, yep. you could definitely, and we dehydrate our own fruit here as well, so we do that. But you know, for all intents and purposes, if you're buying anything that comes in a packet, it's likely to have some kind of preserving agent on it. Um, you know, for example, cranberries. You know, cranberries aren't grown in Australia, so all cranberries that come into Australia come via the US and they've either got some sulfur dioxide on them or they've been heat treated and irradiated. Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of six one hand, half a dozen the other. And so if you're having any cranberries, dried cranberries, uh, then you, you, you're either getting um, food that's been irradiated or food that's been, you know, sulfur dioxided. Mm. Well, the main thing is what we're saying is that obviously you do need vitamins and minerals, but some people, the problem with I find with vitamins and minerals is that people stop eating, thinking I have this multivitamin, so I'm, I'm, I'm good, so I don't have to worry about eating good foods. You know, do you see, do you see any problems with that, with any of that? You know, do you find it as a cop-out in, in terms of the way people decide to eat food? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think definitely you, you find that people start using vitamins and supplements as, as a replacement rather than a supplement. You know, they kind of get the idea that oh, I can have a Big Mac for lunch and then have my vitamin pill and, you know, it kind of evens itself out and I'm all good to go, you know. Um, yeah. I shouldn't say that, should I? I should say a hamburger for lunch. And, uh, but, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they think that that kind of evens itself out or, you know, it's kind of like the, the people who were like, I had a massive night last night, you know, I went out on the turps, I ate a Euros at 3 a.m. and I, you know, ate whatever. And then, but it's okay because I got up this morning and I had my multivitamin. So it's all... Or my, or my fizzy B vitamin in a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. 
<laughs> that's that's check my BB bounce, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it's really important that people do have the thought that, okay, I need to do the food first. Um, and and I I'm, I'm sort of completely understand where you guys are coming from, that there is certainly a place for vitamins and, and perhaps we'll talk a little bit at the end about sort of where we sit with that in terms of what we do need and, and perhaps what needs to be done to figure out what we do need. But um, I think there is certainly a place for that. But I think the key is people need to understand that you have to do the food first and that if you're not doing – well, the food and the exercise and the you know, positive thinking, all that stuff, if, you, if you're not getting that healthy lifestyle first, then – no matter what vitamins you're taking, you're not going to get the full benefit. And I think that's probably the key important factor is that you're not going to utilise and, and work with those vitamins properly if you're not doing the lifestyle stuff right first. Yeah. Excellent point. Excellent. I think we're going to, we're going to fin- end, end off this call now, but I think that's a great uh, summary right away. Number one, healthy lifestyle. All right, Damien, let's finish off with what are your top recommendations in terms of, you know, Vitamins and minerals for the general public, what do you think is the essential things that we're going to definitely need or you believe that you need to top up with? As a supplement, not a replacement. <laughs> you definitely can't, you can't replace food. There's, there's no way you can. So you've got to have the, you've got to have the intelligence to deliver the, the information around. You've got to keep that in mind. Without the intelligence, the information's redundant because it can't be taught or it can't be delivered. So um, there's no point going to school if there's no teachers there. You know what I mean? That's, so that's, that's the, the whole point. So if you're going to bring information into the environment or bring information into your body, then I reckon a good broad spectrum, reasonably low dose multivitamin just to top up the body so that you're getting um, little bits and pieces of vitamins and minerals that you should otherwise be getting from your fruits and vegetables and your proteins. Um, just a low dose multi. I think that's a good thing. I always recommend that my multis uh, that I recommend, or I always suggest the recommendation, or I suggest that the multis that I recommend have some kind of plant base to them. So it could be broccoli, for example, or it could be um, cabbages or herbs. You know, um, silly silly marin, which is St John's. Oh, sorry, St Mary's thistle. So you know, I think that it's important that that's in there. I think that we should have a pure fish oil supplement. I think that's really important to keep our omega-3 fatty acid profile high. You know, the more omega-3 we have, the better we're going to be. And many people eat too much bread and biscuits and cakes and all those sorts of things. And as a result of having, you know, cooked processed grains, they have too much omega-6 in their body and not enough omega-3. So a fish oil supplement is a really good thing. Not the ones from the pharmacy. They don't they don't cut the mustard. Um, they've got to be high-quality, 50% extract uh, fish oil supplements. And uh, you can get those from your practitioner um, or your health food store. That's That's so important. The other thing that I think is really important and is coming to light is this vitamin D thing, and I, I do think that we we should look at that more closely. And I think, and I've certainly take vitamin D. My little boy Jackson takes vitamin D. My wife takes vitamin D. Um, I would say that about eighty percent of my patients take a, a vitamin D, um, and and just a small amount continuously all the time. And it's not toxic, and it, it's very safe and very well used by the body. Um, and I do recommend that you use vitamin C in times when your body requires it. So there's no point having vitamin C all the time because we don't store it. Um, we use vitamin C just to top up our immune system and just to stimulate the immune system to be a bit stronger and to do a few extra little bits and pieces. It's a bit hard to work when there's a virus or a bacteria around. Um, I don't think that we need to have vitamin C all the time. But, you know, that's what I would say. Oh, and, and a probiotic. I think that's yeah, important. That. But you yeah. could certainly get a lot of probiotic action from a high-quality yoga, but a, a, a broad-spectrum 
uh, rotating probiotic. I don't think that people should rely on the one type of probiotic all the time. We don't have just 12 different strains of bacteria in our gut. So try all the different types of probiotics around and just cycle them around. Just get different types of probiotics going into your body so that you get a nice broad um, base of beneficial bacteria going into your tummy so that they can uh, form their colony. That's a good, interesting point about the rotating thing. How would you, when, when would you, like what's the cycle for you to rotate different types of bacteria? Well, I, look, I, I'll get through a bottle and then I'll go get a different type. Yeah. And okay. I'll get through a bottle and then I'll go and get a different one. And then I'll get through another bottle and go get another one. And eventually, maybe after a, a few months, I'll go back to the first one that I had. You know, yeah. so I, I just cycle it so that I get different strains, that's all. I just going quickly going back to the fish oil. I think a lot of patients, a lot of my patients, I get this mistaken. You know, you, uh, don't buy the the cheap fish oil that sits right in the front of any pharmacy yeah. or you know food store because basically they're just a really low dosage um, and you poor, know, quality, the, poor quality, poor quality. Yeah. You know, often un un microfiltered, and so there's excipients in there, and you know they're just not good quality. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot. I had so much information there. I mean, there was just stuff that I never even heard of. Uh, so thanks, thanks, guys. That was amazing, amazing material, amazing content. I think a lot of people are going to have to you know, download this audio and rewind it and re-listen to it over and over again to, just to make sure they got all that. And I think <laughs> there's enough information on vitamin D. I think we'll probably end up doing um, a little bit, uh, probably just a whole episode just on vitamin D um, in the future for sure. So Definitely. Yeah. It's great information so far and there's lots more for us to give and so please make sure you do comment on the material that we've given if you disagree with any any of us or um, want to add your two cents worth put in the comment section and so that's how we have an interaction and basically um, also you know help you get to where you want to go and so that's our whole goal is to make sure that people are getting healthier um, helping their families get healthier because you know the, well let's face it the world needs it yeah absolutely <laughs> Thanks. So, any uh, last parting words? Um, no, I, I know. I, I think I've I rest my case, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good case, Damo. It, it was, was a good case. case. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think my parting words to people are to to eat real food first, yes. um, and Great. to make sure that you share this with everybody you know. That's right. Spread the word. The Wellness Guys is creating movement, and I uh, would love for you to to create that movement and help us. Uh, get to reach as many people in the world as possible. So parting off of episode number four, I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien. I'm Dr. Brett Hill. We'll see you in the next episode.